Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. realities and that's what we're going to look at today and that's what we're going to talk about at this point in time in order to lay a foundation on what we're going to be sharing we're going to read quite a number of scriptures from the book of Ephesians Ephesians chapter 1 and we're going to read from verse 15 right through to the end of the chapter, and then we're going to pick up from chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. You know, when Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians, he didn't um, put it in chapters and verses and all of that. It was one letter that was written to the church in Ephesus. We, later the 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 ones who translated the Word of God, separated it or put it uh, in chapters and verses so that it becomes easier to refer to them. So, and easier to find them. But this this is the same train of thought that Paul is endeavoring to communicate to the church, the church in Ephesus as well as us today. So we read from verse 15 in chapter 1 of Ephesians. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now we pick up in chapter 2, verse 1. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, 
the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Notice that it's, it's hardly to put a stop somewhere. It is, Paul is endeavoring to communicate one thought. And he's praying that the Ephesian church may come to the realization of what really happened and what really took place when Christ was raised from the dead. In these verses of Scripture, I believe the Spirit of God through the Apostle Paul is giving us a glimpse or unveils to us a beautiful picture of what took place behind the scenes in the Spirit when Christ was raised from the dead. Basically, what he's communicating is that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead came into our dead spirits because the Word of God says we were dead in sins and in trespasses. And by nature, we were children of wrath, children of the devil. I don't care how good you have been, what your moral standards were, the Word of God declares that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We were, by nature, prior to our rebirth, children of the devil, and we were obedient, and, he did, and we did his bidding, fulfilling the desires or the lusts of the flesh and of the mind, according to the Scripture. But Paul says, when we received Christ Jesus, that same power, that raised Christ from the dead, came into our dead spirits and recreated us, made us new creations, and raised us up together with Christ in the Spirit and made us sit together with Him in the Spirit in the heavenly places. And the scripture says God did all that for us out of his great love so that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. 
So when you and I received Christ and made him the Lord and the Savior of our lives, we received a resurrected, a glorified, and a conquering Christ. That's who lives within your spirit. Now, it's important for us to have a revelation or an understanding that whatever the Lord Jesus experienced through his death and resurrection, we have experienced the same in the spirit because we are in him and he is in us. The Bible says that God grafted us in Christ Jesus. So whatever he experienced, we experienced. That is why the word of God says through baptism we are buried with him. And when we rise out of the water by faith, we are resurrected to a newness of life. Scripture declares that he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Christ is the head, we are the body, and you cannot separate the head from the body. We are one. This is an incredible revelation. It is impossible to understand these truths with our natural mind. If our mind is not educated or renewed according to the Word of God, we will never be able to understand or perceive this revelation. Because the natural mind says, how can you say that I am seated with Christ in heavenly places when in fact I'm sitting right here in my couch in my living room? You see, the natural mind thinks only in the natural sense. But the people, the reason why people cannot understand these truths is because they think, even born-again believers, that they are only human physical beings. And that is not true. The part of us that is born again is our spirit. So when Paul says you were raised together with him, he is speaking spiritually. You were raised together with him in the spirit. The part of us that was raised from the dead is not our body, nor our soul, but our spirit being. Now, you cannot, with your physical senses, discern your spirit. You can't poke him. You can't see him. You cannot feel your spirit. You can search your emotions and you know when you feel fear or joy or when you feel depressed you can tell that because that's at the emotional part of us you can poke and and examine your body and you know when your body is hurting or not hurting you know when you're tired and when you're not tired and you rest it but the spirit man cannot be discerned cannot be seen nor perceived by our five natural senses. You understand that? You cannot see him. You can't go to the doctor and take an x-ray and see what your spirit looks like. 
The doctor can only tell you what goes on in your physical body, but he cannot tell you what goes on in your spirit because the spirit part of you cannot be seen by any x-ray machine. It is spirit. It is not flesh. It is not natural. Now, the emotional or the soulish part of us, that is our mind, our will, and our emotions, have not changed when we got born again. <laughs> you still look the same. Amen. Nothing has changed with your physical appearance. You have the same soul. The part of us that was born again, I repeat that because it's important. So when Paul says you were raised together with Christ, you were seated together with him in the heavenly places. He's talking about the real you, the spirit man. You are and I am primarily spirit beings. We have a soul and we live in a body. We don't have a spirit. We are spirit beings because we were created in the likeness and in the image of God. And Jesus said in John chapter 4 that God is a spirit. So when scripture says you were created in the image and in the likeness of God, you were created in the spirit. The real you is spirit. You cannot say, I have a spirit, because you are a spirit. You do have a soul, though. You have a will, you have emotions, and you have a mind that can think and calculate and reason and make decisions. That's the soulish part of us. And we live in a physical body. This body gives us access and authority to live on this earth. Spirits without bodies cannot live on the earth. They don't have authority. That is why when Jesus cast out the evil spirits and the demons from the man in Gadarenes, they begged him to go into the pigs. They needed a body to stay on the earth. They didn't want to go into hell. So Jesus permitted them. So spirits without bodies do not have authority. That is why the devil needs a human vessel to do his evil work. We need to understand that only physical beings who have a body have a right and authority to live and work and communicate on this earth. So, spiritually speaking, one-third of us as Andrew Womack says, is, is, is spirit. Spiritually speaking, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, and that is far above all principalities, far above all powers, dominions, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And from that place of power and authority, we are to rule and govern our lives through Jesus Christ. You think of any name that you can think or imagine. The Word of God says you are above every name. Every power. That is why Jesus said, 
to the disciples, Behold, I give you power and authority to do what? To tread upon scorpions. Amen? And all the power of the enemy and serpents, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Why? Because you are above them, not beneath them. We have authority over the evil one, over his cohorts, and all of his works. Romans 5.17 tells us that. Listen to what Romans 5.17 says. That is why I said, from that place of power and authority that we have in Christ, we are to rule, we are to reign and govern our lives according to the word of God through Jesus Christ. Romans 5.17 tells us, For if by the one man's offense, that is Adam's, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. We are to reign in life. We are to govern our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. We are not left to circumstances. We are not left to whatever happens around us. We are to govern our circumstances. We are to govern our destiny because God has given us that power and that authority. Now, Scripture says that the born-again believer is from above, not from beneath. We were born from above, from God. Our origin and identity comes from heaven and not from the earth. We are heavenly beings residing here on earth in this earthly physical suit. And we do have a soul. This is a spiritual reality. According to the Word of God, this is a fact. It's not something that it's going to happen. You know, Jesus didn't just die so that when we die, we could go to heaven. Jesus died and rose again so that he could bring heaven into the earth, into us. Heaven resides within you by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what this is an incredible revelation. Jesus said in John chapter 14, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And the father and I will come and make our abode or our house in him. The Father and the Son indwells the born-again believer through the Holy Spirit. So we have within us the entire Godhead living within our spirits. And that is a fact. That's what the Bible reveals to us. And the reason the, the Lord has given us the Bible or the Word of God is to inform us and to make known to us what cannot be perceived 
by our five physical senses. And that's what faith is. Faith is believing what your five physical senses cannot inform you of. Amen? Are you with me so far? Now, those who receive Christ as Savior and Lord, the Scripture says they have been raised from spiritual death along with Jesus. That is why the second death has no power or dominion over us. We will never die. He who lives and believes in me, Jesus said, will never die. We will live forever. Your spirit, man, will live forever. And if you're a child of the devil, you're going to live forever in a place that Jesus called hell, where the worm does not die. Amen? Can you hear me? Because the picture is fuzzy. If you're a child of God, you do not have to fear death, because death no longer has dominion over you. Physical death is only a transportation from one place to another. Amen? So those who receive Christ as Savior and Lord were raised from death along with Jesus and delivered from the power of darkness, redeemed from the curse of the law, according to Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. So, we are redeemed from the power and the dominion of the devil, from the power of the curse, and have been translated into God's kingdom. The Word of God says both the king and his kingdom have now come to live within the born-again believer by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, verse 21, the kingdom of God is within you. Just stop for a moment and think about that. The kingdom of God is within you. It's not out there somewhere. Heaven has come to live within us. Now, what we need to do, and this is very important, is to educate and notify our minds, our emotions, and our body what has taken place in our spirits and get them to agree with the transformation that has taken place in our spirit man. Now, this is where the challenge is, because Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed to this world. In other words, don't behave, don't think according to the world, to, to worldly thinking, according to the people who don't know God. They have no idea about spiritual things. But he says, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. What has taken place within our spirits will not manifest on the outside unless we renew our minds and educate and train our minds to think 
according to the word of God and not according to worldly patterns of thinking. And not to think according to what your feelings tell you. Your feelings, you may look at the mirror and you say, what? I, I don't really look like a conqueror. The Bible says that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And you look at the mirror and you say, no, I'm not overcoming. Why? Because you're going by what you see and not by what the Bible reveals. Now, according to the scriptures, all of the resources of heaven, all of the authority and power of heaven, indwells the believer through the Holy Spirit. Remember that the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, is the power of God. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. That word power is the Greek word for dynamite. Explosive spiritual power. Now he's talking about spiritual power and authority. This has got nothing to do with physical abilities. He's talking about spiritual endowment of power. Not only that, but according to the Word of God, everything we will ever need to live a godly life has already been provided for us in Christ Jesus. It's already done. It is finished, Jesus said. Nothing more to be done. Anytime we try to add to it, we really spoil it. And this is not according to your conduct. The blessing of God is at work within us simply because we believe what Jesus Christ has done for us. Our faith is based on the death and resurrection of Christ. Because of his sacrifice, because of his righteous life, we have been made righteous in Christ Jesus. If any man be in Christ or any woman be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Actually, I was thinking and meditating about this the, this morning. I was born on the 10th of November, 1952, but I died on the 6th of August, 1976. I died just before my 24th birthday. That is when I received Christ. The Bible says the old man is dead. I no longer live. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ now lives in me. Christ has come to live within us. And the Bible says that old sinful nature was taken out of you. And listen, we sinned because we were sinners. We were not sinners because we sinned. There's a difference. We sinned because by nature we were sinners. But that evil nature, that sinful nature was removed out of you and God imparted his own nature into your spirit. In the spirit, you look exactly like Jesus. You will never be any more righteous than you are today. You will never be any more holier than you are today. 
in the spirit, you look exactly like Jesus. You have the same qualities, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead indwells your spirit. And the scripture says in 1 John 4, 17, I think, as he is, so are we in this world. He's talking spiritually. This is who you are. And this is what you have because of Christ. Now, because Christ is within us, and in Christ, according to the scriptures, now listen to this, Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Underline these verses and meditate on them because they are vitally important to what we are sharing today. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. The word says, in Christ dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But notice the next sentence. And you, put your name there, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. What does that mean? You are complete in him. That means you lack nothing. Christ in him dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Wow, that's a tremendous statement. God says you are complete in Christ. You don't need anything more because I've completed you in him. What we need to do is to renew our way of thinking and come in agreement with what has really taken place in our spirits. Not only that, Colossians 1.27, the word of God says, To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. He calls this a mystery. Mystery is something that can only be known by revelation. And what is that mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is the mystery that was hidden from ages. But now it has been made known what are the riches of the glory among the Gentiles. And this mystery, Paul says, is Christ in you, who is the hope of our glory. He's our hope. He's our boasting. We don't boast in ourselves. We boast in Christ and what he has done for us through his death and resurrection. Furthermore, the word of God declares in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Listen to this. We're not going to have time to finish this today. We'll pick up next week because it, it's a vast subject. You are of God, little children. And because you are of God, you have overcome them. Who's them? 
the devil and all of his cohorts. Because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. It is, it is good to think this way. It is scriptural to think this way. I am of God. And because I am born of God, I have overcome them. I am a world overcomer because I am born from above. You may not look like it. You may not feel like it. But that is the truth. That is a spiritual reality that has already taken place. And it is a fact. And that's what faith means. Believing what God's word says. No matter what you see. No matter what you feel. And that's why most people are defeated in life, because they go by the feelings. They go by the physical senses. They will only believe what they see, what they feel, what they touch, what they smell, and what they taste. And if you are a person who will only believe what your physical senses tell you, believe me, you are a very limited being. That's what the Bible calls carnal. Carnal means of the flesh. And when Paul wrote to the Corinthians, this was the problem. He said, you are still carnal. You still behave like mere men. You think like the world things because you are dominated and governed by your five physical senses rather than being governed by what the word of God says. Their mind has not been renewed yet. That is why it's so important that our minds be educated and trained to think the way God thinks, especially when it comes to you. The Word of God says you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That already happened. It's in the past. God has already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Amen. God's Word says you have been accepted in the Beloved. And God has chosen you. Now, when you really believe these truths, what will that do to feelings of depression, feelings of rejection, feelings of inferiority? They will never, they will never be able to stick because you know the truth and knowing the truth sets you free. The Word of God says, because you are of God, you have overcome them. That's past tense. We are not going to overcome in the future when we go to heaven, but we have already overcome and defeated the evil one through Christ and all of his works. Let's look at another verse. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Amen. I am born of God. You are born of God. Well, the word of God, if we want to believe what the word says, then according to the word of God, I am a world overcomer. You are a world overcomer. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he 
who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And every one of you believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, here is a verse which I have quoted before, but I want you to see it from your own Bible. This will blow your mind. If your mind is not renewed by the Word of God, it will blow it. <laughs> and so be it. Let the carnal mind be blown to pieces so that we can embrace a spiritual mind. 1 John 4, 17. 1 John 4, 17. This is what it says. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, that is Christ, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in the spirit as in this world. Not when we go to heaven. Now, here, in this present, physical, natural world. And he's talking about your spirit man. So, here is the question of all questions. The Word of God says that as Jesus is, so are we. I ask you a question. Is Jesus depressed today? Is he sick? Of course not. Is he defeated? No. Is he anxious about tomorrow? Is he fearful? Of course he's not. Then how come I'm still defeated? I still feel depressed. How come I still I'm still sick? How come I'm still anxious and fearful and depressed? Isn't that a good question? Isn't that a question that you need answers for, that I need answers for? I'm going to answer it. Here is the number one reason we still live defeated lives. Because we do not really know who we are in Christ. Or we don't really know what we have in Christ Jesus. Back in the Old Covenant, in the book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6, the Word of God says, My people, talking about God's nation, God's people, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We think that we are just human, and we excuse and justify ourselves. Well, Nothing I can do about this. I'm only human after all. No, you're not. It's because you don't... If you believe that, then you don't really know the truth. You don't know who you are. We've just read so many scriptures revealing to us who we really are, what we have because of Christ. That's the number one reason 
we have not learned to identify with our new nature. And we have not learned how to release the greater one, the one who is greater than all within us. We have not learned how to release the greater one to work on our behalf. And that's the reason. That's the reason why so many why so many in the church are still depressed, still defeated in life, still fearful, still anxious, because they do not know that minds have not been renewed with the knowledge of the truth. And the word of God says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think that that's the way we ought to live, then that's the way you're going to live. Defeated, depressed, fearful, sick, and all those things. But you know, Christ redeemed the whole man, not just the spirit man, but the soul as well as our body. And if we only know ourselves after the flesh, in other words, how we feel, what we see, what we touch, what we smell and taste, and we don't know ourselves after the Spirit, and we identify more with what our physical senses tell us, then the Word of God, the truth of God, or the power of God within us cannot work on our behalf. We limit Him through unbelief. And that is why we need the renewing of our minds that we come to the place that we believe what the Word of God tells us and not what our physical senses reveal to us. <clears throat> you see, if we are governed by our senses rather than our spirit, then the Bible calls that carnal believers. These are those, as I've mentioned, that are basing everything on their physical senses. They rely on them. They rely on what they see, hear, and feel, taste, and smell. In other words, their faith is on what their senses tells them rather than what the Word of God. It's like Thomas. They told him, we have seen the Lord. He's risen from the dead. We ate with him. You know what he said? Unless I see, unless I put my hand in his sight and feel the wound, I will not believe. You see, believing is a choice. Unbelief is also a choice. We are confronted with two truths, a natural truth, and a spiritual truth which is far above and greater than the natural truth. Because this natural physical world was birthed by the spirit world. Everything that you see and hear and touch and smell was created by the word of God. And the word of God is spirit. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. So this natural physical world was, is the child of the spiritual world. And the spiritual truths are far higher than natural truths. 
And we have a choice what to believe. Believe the natural truth, believe the pain in your body, or believe what the Word of God says, by His stripes ye were healed. And command that pain in the name of the Lord to leave your body because it has no right, it has no authority to live in your body because your body is part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we have this revelation and we rise up and exercise our authority through the words that we speak and through our actions, that pain, that sickness cannot remain in your physical body. But if you tolerate it, if you believe in it, and if you embrace it, you're going to have to live with it. Because as you think in your heart, so are you. You're not the sick trying to get healed. You are the healed, and the devil is trying to make you sick. So we need to rise up in our authority and exercise that power that lives on the inside of us. God, by His Spirit, has put healing power on the inside of you. But that is, we, that is which is on the inside needs to come on the outside. And the bridge that brings it from the inside to the outside is called faith. By believing the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, acting on the Word of God. That's what releases it from the realm of the spirit and brings it into this natural physical world. But remember, I said faith is a choice. As long as we are governed by our five physical senses and our emotions, we will live in a cycle of defeat, failure and condemnation. Because the word of God says to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What does it mean to be carnally minded? It means that you are subject to your senses. You think naturally and not spiritually. You think like the unbelieving world thinks rather than a born again, raised from the dead person would think. And there's the difference. And we need to recognize that we are more than just physical and emotional beings, more than just flesh and blood. We are primarily spiritual beings who are born of God and have within our spirits the very life and the very nature of God imparted to us. Amen. Are you with me so far? So it's important that we train our minds, that we educate them, that we discipline the way we think. We discipline the way we speak because your words have power. The word of God says in Proverbs 18 and verse 21, life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Life and death is not in the hands of God anymore. He's put it into our hands. And believing is a choice, and not believing is also a choice. So you have a choice. 
to believe what your circumstances tell you or to believe what the Word of God reveals to you. That is why we need to walk by revelation knowledge rather than by knowledge that is received from our physical senses. Thank God for our physical senses because without them we would not be able to live in this present world. But they have their place. And we need to put them in the right place. When it comes to believing God, we need to side with the Spirit and with the Word of God rather than with what your senses tell you. You go to the doctor and he takes an x-ray and he says, you got cancer. He sees what can be seen in the natural, but he doesn't know what's in your spirit. He can't poke your spirit. He can't take an x-ray of your spirit. He doesn't know that within your spirit dwells the power of God by the Holy Spirit. Hello. So all of us, th this is where the struggle is between the flesh and the spirit. Every single day we are faced with choices. Amen. And that is why the word of God says we ought to look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, and run the race that is before us with perseverance, not giving up. Look unto Jesus. How do you look unto Jesus? We're going to examine that next week. The way we look to Jesus is by looking at his word. What does the word say? Everything in life has to be examined by what the Word of God says. You need to make a decision. You need to stop and pray. Father, what does your Word say? That is why we need to be saturated with the Word of God. Because in the Word there is wisdom for decisions. In the Word of God there is life and health and joy and peace. The Word of God says within our spirits, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace gentleness, meekness, faithfulness, patience, goodness, faithfulness, all of those things reside in our spirits. Prayer does, joy doesn't come through prayer. Peace doesn't come through prayer. It says it comes through the knowledge of Jesus Christ and his word. Amen. That is why we ought to hunger for spiritual knowledge more than we hunger for anything else in this world. More than we hunger for physical food, we need to hunger for spiritual revelation because that is the key to a life of victory, to a life of blessing, to a life of health, to a life of overcoming everything that the enemy throws at us. Amen? I pray that these truths will become a reality in my heart, in your heart, and we will begin to act on them. Amen. When you believe something, what do you do? You act on it. Praise God, because faith without action, without works is dead. So I'd like to close it here. We're going to pick it up next week. And I'm going to share with you how these spiritual realities that I have shared with you today become more real to us than what we see on the outside. And that's where we need to come to a place 
where we believe the word of God more than we believe the word of man. More than we believe what our senses tell us. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. That includes the word of a doctor, the word of a lawyer, the word of a banker, the word of your friend, the, the word of any man. Let God's word be true and every man a liar. Because God's word is truth. And we will only experience truth if we believe it from our heart and we act on it. We will talk about this next week. So let's close in prayer today and ask the Holy Spirit to make these truths real to us. More real than what we feel, what we see, what we smell, what we touch. Father, we thank you for your precious word. The word of God declares that you have set your word above your name and you sent your word and healed us, past tense, and delivered us from our destructions. Whatever we need, Father, to live in this, in this life, to live a godly, overcoming, prosperous, blessed life has already been given us in the word of God. We ask that by your spirit, you would take these truths and make them life and light to us in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.